Wow, we're back to another episode of the Pig Wrestling Podcast. The Pig Wrestling Podcast is powered by our wonderful sponsor, Sync Cloud, and it's available in the cloud. Where's it available, Paul? <laughs> the cloud I'm learning, iTunes, Spotify, Anchor to name, but a few and on our Pig Wrestling Podcast blog. The Pig Wrestling Podcast is based on a book by Pete Lindsay and Mark Bowden. It's a simple way to solve any problem and create change you need. Right, we've got a great guest this week, haven't we? We have. We've got um, John Gilbert this afternoon. A um, bit about John. Um, John was born Edinburgh Road Maternity Hospital, same as me, but man was 1969. John was in 1980. John is one of four brothers wi- raised in Eastall. Can Paul get his stuff in there? Yeah. We better just let John know, though, that w- what you've done. A bit of digging. Yeah, just, you know, because you've got... I'm just reading your notes. There's, there's loads there. Yeah, I know. I said, I said a bit of digging, not. Yeah, you got, you, you've wrote an essay. It's what I do. All oh, right, okay. It's what I do. All right. I'm quite interested, really. To, to Let's find out. out. I mean, we, we always say this, um, literally, you know, Paul, we, we've been made redundant, and you're out there looking, active, looking for work. So if you know anyone, you know, we, yeah. we need an anchor of a podcast here, aren't you, Paul? Um, he has one job now, though, right? And I keep picking up on this. Sometimes it's wrong, this. It's not me. It's not me. Oh, it's back to that. Right, right. They so can't remember the right dates. Right, okay. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, but you're not going to, like, you say you've been doing some digging, you're not going to tell them where you found the bodies. Like, <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, no, that's Do you blame me, John? Well, we'll, we'll see. It's, it's complicated. You don't know the situation behind it. I was under a lot of pressure. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's go. Having attended Mallet Lambert, Wilberforce College, and only university, John went and worked in engineering for two years before being made redundant. Age 23, he went self-employed as a freelance marketer to earn some cash until he could get a proper job. However, that was 16 years ago and he is now completely unemployable. <laughs> is, is that, where, where's this from? Is, 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 are these yours where, John? Do you know what? I do leave traces on the internet. They sound like exactly the kind of thing I would oh, say. Good, yeah, okay, carry yeah, on. Yeah. Carry on. I'm just checking in. Sorry. Sorry. You're allowed to. <laughs> John is married to Sally and lives in Welton with her sons who are age 12 and 13. He owns and runs a multi-award winning social media marketing agency, Eskimo Suit, through which he is he and his team work with the NHS, police and councils to create media and marketing to achieve, achieve social good. Amongst many projects, he is currently busy take a, producing take, take a, breath. a series of films based on, I like this, real-life experiences of young people who are groomed into joining organised criminal gangs. John admits that he has too many hobbies to any of them be well, to do any of them well, and his self-confessed serious starter-upper. John has founded and helped run music, comedy and business festivals, and uh, he must have heard us sing. He must no, uh, well, well, interesting, we'll, we'll talk about the... the comedy. Well, no, well, not Tommy, the comedy. No, Tommy, Tommy. They do and also, he's producing his first Northern Podcast fe- Festival, which will take place in Hull in May 2020. Has he got that right? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty None much. of it wrong? Um, uh, well, to yes, correct you yes, on one yes, very yes. minor, but it's very minor. Go on, John. Uh, we, whilst, whilst my company does do social media marketing, we would call ourselves a social marketing yes, company. Yes, yeah. I may sound like I'm being picky, but we can have a chat about that. I'll explain well, that. Uh, no, come on, let, let's kick straight off with that. Come on, because um, we were just talking off air, weren't we? Quickly, um, you know, a bit about the work of the man we're doing. The, the reason why we're doing the podcast, and and 
I just picked, I just kicked in straight away and just said, um, you know, in business and, and in life, we we have these masks, don't we? And uh, I want to do this podcast so we could be real and raw. So it's Leo McQuaid's opinion, Paul's opinion, and and, and John's opinion, um, and sort of remove our business masks, if you like. And um, you, you mentioned something quite interesting about marketing in terms of. Uh, I can't even say the word authenticity. God, no, is that if I got that right? Yeah. Um, so tell us more about marketing educators. Come on. Well, the core of marketing is figuring out what people want and how you can deliver them in a way that works for you. So if you're a business, it's how you can do that and maintain a profit and have happy customers and so on. And that's something that I've studied, I've worked in for years and years. And I've been involved in agencies. As, as, you, uh, as your intro said, that was not by design. I went self-employed so I could get a job. So it was just I needed to do something. But in that time, I've built up a bit of a, some customers, started employing people, and now I've got a company, and I'm happy with that now. As I say, it wasn't, it wasn't like a vision or anything. It was more out of necessity, and I think that's where many good things come. But in running that agency, I, I did get to a point of, I suppose, almost disillusionment, because marketing can be very materialistic, and it can be around... How do you create a situation to convince people to part with the cash? Yeah, and, 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 and interesting, when you, when you mentioned that, I think... I'm um, really interested in psychology. It just it, it just it fascinates me, and me just running the business like I do, and started to look into branding and getting involved in it. Mm. Um, I was just astounded that it's just so you, you're pretty much doing a social, you know, a psychology degree because um, you and some marketing is done to manipulate you to buy, isn't it? That's the ultimate goal, isn't it? That's the well. Yeah, and I, get that. I mean, that's what they used to say. Sales certainly did, and they would train you that way. So I like to think there's a bit more to it than that. So you've got to fulfill some kind of need. But the needs I found my team and I fulfilling were the needs to, to buy stuff. And to, to the phrase I usually use, you know, I found myself kind of telling people shiny shit that they didn't really need, making rich people richer and so on. And I thought, Love you know that. what, you've only got one go at this life, and we've got a set of skills here. What else could we do? And I've been fortunate to get involved uh, with some work with the NHS. And when you get feedback for your, your hard work and your creativity is actually, you sit in a meeting and they'll say, yeah, this will serve people's lives. This will change people's lives. For me, it was like setting off sparks in a way, in my mind, of like motivation in a way that, oh yeah, we've increased sales by 12%, 20%, whatever, just never did. They're just like arbitrary numbers. Okay, you never got to meet those people whose lives you might have changed, although more recently we do. But at that time, I was thinking, well, that just seemed, okay, I'm a quite a simple guy. I'm thinking, what if I'm going to put my energy and effort into something? Let's let's do that. And so six and a half years ago, I went separate ways from my business partners. We're very amicable, but everything that Eskimo Soup has been about since then, it is purely about using creative marketing for social good. Like that. Like but that. can I just say, but we are a business, we're not a charity. No, no. So we do make money, do we not? No, not, but I've, I've, maybe I've, not lots of money, but we make it, we, we, we make a good amount of but money. You, 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 you provide a service, and I think that you know, ultimately, um, <laughs> if everything's done for the right reasons, there's nothing wrong with making money, is there? And I think um, there's an interesting point you make there because um, on the flip side of that, you know, obviously I'm in business to make money um, first and foremost. That's that's my job. Um, but then my other passion, um, which is a job as well. Being a you know, trustee of Andy's Man Club and facilitating, you do the same. Um, I completely get um, the 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 power of the the, the feedback when you are saving people's lives. Um, it pulls on on strings that you, you wouldn't even know. And what would you say on that, Paul? Listening to that, I believe at Andy's Man Club um, we do provide a service. We do open the doors every Monday night, and we provide a safe environment for somebody to 
come and express themselves and share. Um, but where am I going with this one? Where am I going with this? Go on. Can, can I ask, do you mind if I ask you guys yeah. a question on that? Just, yeah. just while, while your train of thought comes yeah, back to you, Paul, as well. How do you feel about how that benefits you? I know you're helping other people, but at the end of the day, how how what is your attitude to kind of how that makes you feel and the fact that it makes you feel good presumably first and foremost um train of thoughts come back great, great question help with the help of your question i suffered mental ill health for 10 years and the worst thing you can do is actually do nothing sit in the house and just vegetate really um me getting out every monday night doing this podcast all stemmed from Andy's Man Club initially um, two years ago. And first and foremost, on a Monday night, I go there to be raw, real and raw myself. If I need the club, I use it same as everybody else. But watching other guys on their journey and knowing that your help opening them doors is helping them is absolutely fantastic. And that helps me. That helps me knowing that I'm helping other people. And it like I say, it's epic and it has been epic over the last two years. And I, and I think I think it's a great question because um yeah, the reason I got into Andy's Man Club originally, um, it just come from I wrote some goals. Um I've always been big into goal setting, um, writing goals. And um for me I'd got it was, it's a fantastic goal setting um, exercise. I, I, anyone listening or you know, just us, us guys, I, I can't express. Um, it changed my life in my thinking. I just got a piece of paper and wrote three columns down on it. In column one, I put experiences. Column two, I put um, for me to experience them things, um, what do I need to learn or how do I need to grow? And the last column um, was um, what we're going to give back. So if I'm the guy who's experiencing all this stuff and I've learned all this stuff, um, what we're going to give back? So... What was really interesting, and it's uh, you, you just hit a chord that resonated with me when you mentioned about stuff. So I'd got into business for all the wrong reasons in other industries. I'd, I was a carpenter, then that led to me leading a massive organisation. And um, I was earning fantastic money, uh, working for some of the biggest brands globally. Um, and I had lots of stuff. Um, and when I really started... When I got asked that question, because I'd never been told to talk, you know, goals. I've got, I'd always had goals where I'd buy an house, and then once I got that house, I went, get the next goal is get a bigger house and get another car and you know, all this shit. And um, for for me, I, when I got asked that question, the the, the things I wanted to experience, um, none of them cost any money really, apart from I wanted to travel and other things. But there was little things like taking kids to school and other bits. So straight away, when I started to look at that, I had to learn. I had to look in terms of. Just look at another career or look at what I want to do. I had to be vulnerable. Um, and ultimately that led into, I just put on there, I'm going to give um, eight hours a month to a charity. That was it. Um, and it was my wife who came up with Andy's Man Club. And tragically, my rugby coach, um, a guy called Roy Bonnet, tragically took his own life. And we'd done a, a, there was a fundraiser that got done by a lot of lads for that. So that was the first time I heard he's at Andy's Man Club. So I got involved because I did have a tech company back then as well. Um, do it specialising in Google, where we could give it Google Apps and help it communicate, and I could go in and do a bit of business consultancy. But how things happen, how we, I wanted it to happen, the, the charity kicked back and said, we actually need you to run a club in Hull. Um, so for me, I got involved in it because I wanted to give time to it, and on, on, the, on the same, on the, on the basis that I thought I could put, like you just mentioned, put some good energy into something that needs that time. Because uh, I, I believe uh, massively, 
um, I've been a massive fo- you know fan of um, givers gainy. They do. If you give, um, but you, you're giving. For, I'm giving for myself. So I, you know, originally, and it's interesting. This, you've asked that question. Is I, I set up Andy's man club for others, and, and what was m- madness when I think back now, mm-hmm. when I decided to actually get rid of all my stuff and set up a, 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 a leave, you know, sack myself, um, you know, from running this comp- big company and go to create a new career. Um, I had Andy's man club. Um, so I went from, you know, helping others to me actually being vulnerable, saying, yeah, I just sacked myself. I've got no income. I've got no nothing. I'm going to do this job and I'm going to do all this stuff. And uh, I'm worried. And, and I'd share week on, week out, and it'd hold me accountable. And um, I never thought, that, no, 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 now I'm looking back. Um, it's a massive tool, um, and I, I, I'm very thankful for it. So I think, I think I'm a big believer in what you put into the world. It comes back tenfold. Um, so does that answer your question? It, it does answer. Um, I think, I guess what, what the reason I asked the question is just, the, the, I mean, I'm not entirely a big fan of this this phrase about giving back. To be honest, but giving is is, is good. I don't know what you're giving back to. I suppose that what, what you're doing is, I mean, whether you call it building a good karma or something like that. You can go and help other people, right? And that will help you, well, usually indirectly, because you never know when those people you've helped, you never know when you need them. And you'll all have those dark times. I know this, this, this is, you guys will talk about this all of the time. But looking back and evaluating yourself, when we look in the mirror and we'll ask ourselves, am I a good guy? Am I the guy that I should be? So by helping other people, you should never, and if that helps you as well, I just think some people get uncomfortable with that idea. Yeah. I'm really big about it. And that's why I say about, and that comes right through to us and our values as a company. And I say we will work, we will always do our best, and we will act with authenticity, we will act with integrity. And all about, I want this all about values out here, but, but we still, if we make a profit, and the more that we actually live those values, probably the more profit we will make. And I don't apologise for, for that, I suppose. And actually, that, that to me is just a much more ethical and authentic way of trying to do anything than just say it. It's really, it's really easy to say it, isn't it? It's really easy for me to say this now. I like to think, having done this for more than 10 years, that we're consistent and hopefully. Uh, with, with people kind of buy into that it's not just marketing waffle that I've come up with but yeah at the end of the day you should all get the rewards from that and if that reward is yeah I feel like I've done I've done a good thing today or if I make some more money and so on don't don't miss yourself out on that uh, no but I think linking back to that point you make there um, and it's, it's interesting in terms of it depends how you view money because I, I view money as a tool it's a tool and it's, it's to be used as a tool and that, that's what it is and we need money it's not a, a it's not a it's just a tool Um uh, and linking back to that social element, for me, I like to strip things back as if we were cavemen. That's how I always look at the world. And, and for me, when we go back to that ideology, is um, as humans, I believe we're, we're just designed to grow and help each other. That's yeah. what we're there to do, first and foremost. This this label of having jobs in what we're about, we're actually designed, we're social creatures. Um, so we are designed to help each other. And, and ultimately, um, and I see it in the club all the time, um, there'd be ideas that we share and we help each other. Um, and we're just sharing knowledge, and, and for me, um, that's the ultimate goal uh, in, in in human evolution. For me, is um, if we can make the, the the world a little bit of a better place, because um, it's not great at times, is it? Um, I think the, the the world will be a better place. So, mm-hmm. when I say give back, um, oh, I want me we, to pick not, on you. No, 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 no I love it. I love it. I love the question. I, um, I don't take any offence. I'm cool. Um, I look at it the other way in terms of I've been man led for many years. Um, so when I, I like the word give back because I used to be an absolute dick. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I do have to give back because I was a dick. Um, and I think we've all, you know, anyone in the room when it comes back to authenticity, you know, when I was leading these this, this big company, 
I, I, I want trained, I want man, but I want confident in myself. You know, I'd have handled some of the situations I handled with uh, with people. I, I'd have handled with significance in construction. That you know, become the most significant person in that room. Um, lead by title and 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 not not be authentic and and use power and manipulate that in the you know and because they're the they're the t- tools and tactics you are taught unfortunately in, in organisations. You, you are some organisations do want you to fight for every last penny and and. and and are ruthless, you know. Business is, is is a monster; it needs feeding, um, and that that's some industries. And for me, that was when I, I checked out of construction because it just wasn't the right industry for me. Um, and I think, what would you what do you link back onto that? Going going back to what you were saying, um, like when you mentioned giving back or giving, um, I remember going through, like I said, I I went through mental health for ten years, and I think you're still consciously on a journey but I worked on self-development for the last three years which I'd never heard of before that and the guy who introduced it to me was Leon himself and he he's given me some coping mechanisms some tools that I've carried on forward and I've passed them on to people uh, and his man club like he's just mentioned goal setting and stuff like that and so He's gave to me, I gave to other people. And watching them share, we've got 10, 12 facilitators now at Andy's Man Club who all share, and it multiplies, doesn't it? And watching people out there just growing from week in, week out. And I've done that in business. I got made redundant in September. I've been in the same company for 31 years. And I was in my own little bubble. But I had been after getting out. Uh, for the last two years, but I haven't managed to because I think I was comfortable. I was comfortable in that bubble and it's only now where I've been made redundant that it's given me the push and I'm really excited about the next next chapter in my journey. Um, I'm also a bit frightened, trepidation, but without Andy's Man Club and without going out and experience doing these podcasts, going into companies and doing talks about Andy's Man Club, I would have never been out of that bubble. And so in my journey, especially through my mental health, um, I've discovered lots and lots of different things mm. and hopefully my next chapter of my life is going to be the best. And I think, you know, having you on the show, um, what I find really interesting is um, I like to cross-pollinate ideas um, from different walks of life, different ideas and different people. And what's interesting is... Um, I always believe, you know, been in business many years myself, and um, it can be a lonely place, can't it? Um, no, business. Um, we put masks on. I said that to you. You know, it's that. Uh, is everything all right? And um, what advice would you give to Paul in terms of that? You know, because um, I, I look at it. He's got he's got an opportunity now to go 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 do what he wants to do. Well, um, well can I firstly say, start off by saying Paul, it's a bit like meeting a celebrity meeting you, Paul, because. <laughs> I listen to the podcast. I've seen you on the Andy's Man Club Facebook page, but we've never actually met. No. So I feel like I know you when, when I don't say it's, it's good, to, good to actually meet you. It's good to talk. And I love to that you've, you, you, the language you already use. I just want to answer your question, Leon. You're already using all of those languages about that excitement. Things change, right? Things are never going to be this, things are never going to be the same. Um, so when you can't control that, and it's about that kind of positive response to it. And yeah, I mean, God, you, you must speak to people all of the time. Who have um, I've listened to your shows before? Where people have to, a major, major setback in their life to overcome, and what they do is they take that energy and they use that as a build a desire to to succeed, and it's that kind of I'll show you 
And whether that is, whether that's showing somebody who told you you weren't good enough, uh, to whether you felt that society felt that way about you, whether you had some serious kind of crisis of your own self-confidence, it's about turning that round. Now, that is about turning it, taking a negative into a positive. How do you deal with that when you said earlier on about being in your comfort zone? So the the pig that a lot of people wrestle, I think... He's on it, isn't he? Is, he's uh, on it. Is, I'm, I'm on one. He's on it. I'm on one. I've barely said two words before now. I've got <laughs> the mic now. Yeah, so I turned it wrong started interviewing you guys. But the pig I think that, and I certainly include myself in this, is complacency. And complacency is really difficult because it's it's a situation where, not on the face of it, nothing's wrong. It's like you're kind of, you're trundling along and you're in your comfort zone and... And then when you start working on self-development, you suddenly, your mind is opened up to all these other possibilities. And within that can come pressure because it's just like, God, you read as many, well, I'm sure you do, read all these books, listen to all these podcasts. And if you're not careful, you can be, I should be doing this, I should be doing, why aren't I doing more and, and, and so on. And I'm finding myself at that point now. I mean, I'll be 40 next year and there's certain ways I could look, I could look at it and I'll talk about being in business for 16 years. And I could go, I've been in business for 16 years with, We've, uh, we've we've kept going in that time. We've done some fantastic work. Really proud of it. Great team. Isn't that wonderful? I could also start talking in my head going, been in business for 16 years. We're still a small company. Why are I a millionaire? Why haven't we done this? Why are, why are we still working on a no- local, regional level? We should be doing national or international. What have we been doing all of this time? And in any given moment, I mean, my head will flip between one or the other and so on like that. Bring it back to your situation. Um, you... In a, in a sense, I, I hope, look quite soon, we'll look at that situation. God, this did me a big favour, this this redundancy. Because redundancy, particularly in, in, in what happened to yourself, was nothing to do with you and how well you were doing no, your that's job. Right. It was completely out of your control. So there's no so there's no moping to be done there. And it's about channeling all that positive energy into what to do next. Now, I've no idea what you should do next. Maybe you don't know yet as well. But at least if you're considering it exciting, isn't that? Uh, last thing I'll say, Leon, I'll probably, I'll, I promise I'll, I'll stop showing. This, uh, when you speak to young people... I, I love... Oh, I lo- oh, I, this is why I want you on the show. I don't oh, use the show, but oh, I Because we, we do a lot of work with young people about defining what success means to you. And by the way, generally Come speaking... Come and give me this. You, you open a can of worms. Generally speaking, young people are really good at that because they understand that the media portrayal of what success is and through Instagram and I've got the flashy watch and the car and all this stuff as well isn't real. Uh, generally speaking, it doesn't mean they don't want it, but they know that that's not a real perception. And, they, and it doesn't take long at all for them to go, success? Well, that just means happiness. It means, um, have you um, have you heard of Ikigai? No, educators, so, okay, come. I'll, I'll, do, I'll do the very brief version. So I- Ikigai is uh, it's a, it's a Japanese word. It came from a study that was done, uh, I can't remember the name of the town, but a town in Japan where life expectancy was higher than other places. I wanted to find out why it was. And really it was because everybody, regardless of their age and status, still had a purpose that fits in with that. And Ikigai, I love my Venn diagrams. Anybody who knows who's listening to this knows I love Venn diagrams. Ikigai is trying to find a point in your life where you've got enough money, so you've got a way of, of, um, of earning, driving your economic engine, so making, making enough money, so you have to be making money. Um, it's doing something that you are passionate about, so you're not bored, doing something that you're good at, so it's not just a hobby, you can actually excel in that. But if you can also intersect that in a way that you feel like what you're doing is making the world a better place or positively contributing, if you can spi- find yourself, not at all times, but sometimes doing something that ticks all of those boxes or intersects all of those circles, you've found your purpose and therefore you'll have a reason to get up in the morning. And you can tell the difference, I think, when speaking to people. People have got, who found their purpose and people who've lost the way. There's just something in their eyes, something in their, 
the, in the way that they, they they just approach everything in their life, and you can tell that difference. But again, I don't want to put more pressure on that because we can't spend all of our time living our true purpose. No, exactly. We've got we, and, 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 and if you're not, I don't anybody listening to this going, oh my god, I, I've only got two of those things in my life. My life's meaning. You've got plenty. You've got plenty no, of and time. no, and this is this is a bit which Paul knows. Now we, you know, now we, you know, first and foremost, uh, you know, the people get on the podcast that have run businesses. Not everyone has, but a lot of them are you know business orientated. And, and the, the reason I wanted to you know, start like that is, um, you know, people don't see it, the action that goes on in the background when you're a business owner. You got you, you got to take action. And one of the things I love about you know the story of Paul's and the, the man club as well um, is what I love about the man club is everyone who turns up there on a Monday night, people who've suffered with mental health in some shape or form, or someone who's supporting somebody else, and they've actually got to get off their asses and go take action for themselves. Um, so I've got massive respect for anyone who walks through that door because it, it's on them. They're taking the action. We're just facilitating that, and, and for me, um, I think that's t- um, tremendous in today's world because a lot of the time in today's world is we think everyone else is going to fix our problems, and ultimately we've, we've got to take it. We've got to be accountable ourselves. So to kick on, let's go for first question. Go. Okay then. Right then, John. What are one of three books that have greatly changed or influenced your life? That's a great question. So I can choose one, two, or three. One or three. You can have well, one, two. Some, 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 you have one or two you or three. That's why I'm confused by the. Qu- I've got two. I could give you. You can tell he's a market. He, he, yeah, needs, no. he, need, he needs a definitive yeah, call to yeah. action. Um, we ain't got one. So one, two, or three. Thank oh. you. <laughs> um, well, I suppose from a, a personal development perspective, I've, I have OD'd on books, but I did. I did take a lot from Stephen Covey and the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, and I. And I'll, I'll preach some of that stuff as well, particularly the idea about uh, just organising your time, really. So spending time on things that are important but not yet urgent. And that's set in, in the team. We, we do that at work as well because you'd just be much more relaxed to know that don't wake up till deadline on that important thing. If you can do it, get it finished, you're in a, even a better state of mind, so therefore you'll probably do a better job on it. Okay. Um, the other one, um, I'll try again, try and keep my story brief, but I would actually just go for To Kill a Mockingbird. Uh, the Heart Police story, because we, we did that at school, and um, I really, I really liked it. And I remember um, being given a a task by our English teacher, which was to actually write one of the scenes that you don't see, that isn't seen. It was kind of like alluded to, so you could write that. One. And I remember the conscious decision. I thought, I'm going to write something really good here, right? And I thought, so I put, I just found another level of creative effort that I went into. And I never got any feedback from the teacher, and I never really thought about it at all. But one day during the lunch break, we um, was messing about, and we broke into the teacher's locker, and we found our individual files uh, where the teacher put all the comedy uh, comments about us and so on like that. I was like, oh, let's see what he said about you. And he's like, I don't like my mate, we're going disruptive and stuff like that, struggling <laughs> at basic English. And we're like, ah, got to mine. And it, and it said something like, he said, oh, uh, To Kill a Mockingbird exercise shows real flair as a writer, uh, has, has a great deal of potential. And I was like, whoa. And I was just like, why did you never say that to me yeah. in person? <laughs> like that. So, and that kind of kicked up because as growing up, I always wanted to be a writer. And and I never really thought, I wrote a couple of novels. I even just got offered a book deal at one point, never finished the book. So, um, But now, I'm a, that's part of what I do for a living. So it's taken me a long time, but I've got to do the thing that I wanted. And, uh, and that book and that bit of feedback, you never know, that might have, that might, that Triggered might have influenced me there. Yeah. And I, think, you know, I, think, I think it's interesting, isn't it? Because um, 
I'd love to also, be a writer. I don't advocate breaking into teachers' no, pockets. No, so, no, yeah. no, that's not good, is it? And yeah. I, I, I love marketing in terms of I'd love to be a writer, but being dyslexic, it's a bit of a challenge. I don't think it's ever going to happen. Um, but I think linking it back, you know, reading books, seeing good marketing done and, and done well is, you know, when you can tell a story, um, I think there's a massive power in people who can tell stories. Um, mm -hmm. I think that's what you do for a job. You're looking to do for a job, aren't you? Um, yeah. And you're good at it. I've seen there's a lot of the work you do. Um, and I think I think sometimes storytelling gets lost in, 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 in business, doesn't it, you know, at times? Um, well, it's trendy at the moment, and I think there's a danger of it being a bit of a buzzword because people start talking about storytelling, but actually what they're doing is trying to foggy something. But true, true storytelling is where it's at. It's always where it's been. That's how things have been passed on, generation to generation. You talked about cavemen earlier on. Cavemen told stories. That's what all the stuff on the drawing on the walls were. And then a, an animal came and we chucked a spear at it. And then we all ate it and we were all happy. That's how things are passed on as well. And that does work with Then it turned into Red Tractor, didn't it? And, 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 and he farmed them. And then we went and, and, and got the meat from a... From a red, is it Red Tractor? Is that the, is that the, is that the brand um, of meat? Oh. Um, I've gone off on one there, sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you lost me there. <laughs> go and go for next, let's go. Right. What is your feel-good song or music that gets you focused and makes you happy? Oh, if I'm if I'm getting happy, if I'm probably if I'm getting out and going, um, get ready to go out, or the kids around me, I do. I like a bit of soul music, so yeah, I'll have a sing along. I'm a rock guy, really. I love my live music. It's it's probably my biggest hobby is going to going to gigs. But I, like, gigs, but I like gigs. My, but I like my soul music. Yeah, it makes me happy. Commitments, bit of. Of, oh, uh, a bit of commitment. Yeah, I love the yeah, commitment. Sam yeah. Cook, Otis Redding, yeah. stuff like that. Otis yeah, Redding, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah Otis Redding, classic. Um, this is one of my favourite questions, John, this one. Um, and this, this this sometimes throws people this question, so I might have to help you. Um, what purchase of £50 or less has most positively impacted your life in the last six months? It's a, it's a big question, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. So, no, no. I'm just I'm my mind filter. I, I can think of two transactions, but they were both illegal, so I won't go <laughs> uh, the other one. She was a lovely lass. Um, but the, um, now, um, no, I think for me, I, uh, I I've bought myself a load of alcohol-free beer recently, and I had a month off the booze. And in terms of how it's impacted my life, after that month off the booze was. Um, I won't say I'm like a new person or anything like. It wasn't quite like what's that film? Is it Limitless? Yeah, I won't, I won't <laughs> quite. No, I won't quite like that. But but in that month off, um, I slept better. I think I, I I ran the fastest ever 10k I'd done and stuff like that. It just made such a big difference. I fell off the wagon again, but it was part of. I'd say off and. What, what beer was it? A brand come on, tell us a brand. Oh, various. Do you know what? Well, you can't, I haven't yet to found what, what's good. The, the short, the short answer to, to what, and I've just been talking to somebody else about this today. Actually, is uh, Heineken Zero. That would be my recommendation. Right. Okay. I'm not normally like that. a drinker, but that, that, yeah, it's pretty good. Because I, I like my gin and I like my rhubarb well, gin. I've, I've been trying to find a rhubarb cordial. Anyone yeah, know of well, rhubarb cordial? I mean, non-alcoholic. Um, beer and alcohol in general is the fastest growing um, in drink in the drinks market at the moment. We've been doing a lot of research on this for, for work weeks, which did affect on a subconscious level my decision not to drink <laughs> as well. But, you know, we're working in so he's subliminary marketing to well, himself. No, well, we like to, to, to an extent, I mean, obviously there are limits around this because we work in like organised crime and things like that. So when I say we live our projects, I choose the projects <laughs> that we're in there as well. But, um, it's like an actor and he gets into the scene. Well, we do. No, yeah. we do. We do. I mean, so we, we're developing a 
low ale trail for Hull City Centre. So I went around, I did a pub crawl, just see, purely drinking alcohol-free beers and see how, I, see how I got on with it and stuff like that as well. So yeah, we get involved in things. So that's been a good investment for me. <laughs> I would recommend it for the Brit. And you know what? It was so much easier than going, I'm just going cold turkey because I still had I still had six or seven nights out with a beer in my hand, but it was an alcohol-free one. And interesting. Um, and I could drive home at the end of it. Because when I've been my fittest, it's always been when I've put the booze, and I've done a year once um, before off the booze. Whoa. And what was, inter- what, what was yeah. interesting was um, I used to go out with the lads. Um, I was doing a boxing event back at the time, so you know, getting into a ring is going to motivate you, you know, a bit for it. Um, and I just went off it for you know, a real good stint there. But what I found, um, and I can still go out now and not have a beer, some of my best nights out I ever had was when I went out and I didn't drink. It was just am- amazing to see like what I would have been doing um, if I'd have been drinking. <laughs> like we're not as funny as we think we are. We're in slow motion half the time, and um, it's just amazing to see. Um, so I, I highly recommend anyone um, get yourself out on a Saturday night. Um, get dancing, um, booze free at least once in your lifetime. It's, 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 uh, it's an experience, shall we say that? I'll take your word for it. Mm-hmm. Do that tonight with Frank Bruno, I'm not drinking. Are we? Right. Come off the booze, aren't we? Yeah, go yeah, on. Right. Yeah, only because we're representing AMC. All right, okay. If I was going out are on we? a night out, I'd be out. <laughs> so, what we've got next? We've got a good, another good one, haven't we? This is, this is, this is um, a power question, isn't it? I like this one. Yeah. Power question. Yeah, I like this one. Mm. Well, we get this thrown back at us a few times, don't we? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Do you ever listen from a failure of yours? I fail all the time at stuff. Um, I, uh, yeah, I just start stuff up and, and see if it see if it, it flies, and sometimes it doesn't. Um, but you know what? It's not a failure that long as you learn something from it. And it's a cliche, but it's true. I think the biggest failures I have is when I become complacent. And it's when you expect that things are going to come your way. So we may be trying to take a project to a next level. And I'm like, oh, well, we've done this before. They'll love this. They'll back us. They'll, oh, it'll all fall into place. And it doesn't. And when you look back at it, you think, it's good. I took my foot off the gas. So that's that's the lesson is learned is when you think you've cracked it. And just because you've done it before doesn't mean you can ever, ever relent the amount of um, ingenuity and effort it takes to make anything worthwhile happen. What's that saying we have? It's probably more succinct than what I just said. <laughs> but no, how we do anything is how we do everything, innit? Yeah, and I think oh. we, but, but we get we get we get out of that, don't we? I think at times, I think um, it's on there. Cause it's on our core focus. Look, how we do anything is how, is how we do everything. And technically, it was Paul used to preach that preach that to me uh, many moons ago, and I won't label this point because we do mention this quite a lot on the podcast. But what Paul used to Paul's my, uh, my rugby coach from being was it twelve, thirteen, was it something like that? Um, and Paul used to mark it to us back in the day, so he was like, he was like this. So in rugby, um, it's all about having the ball and scoring the tries. That's that's the way you win, um, or what most people think. Um, but Paul used to make us all think in training that we love tackling. So he used to tell us we used mm. to train and run around, and any opportunity he would have, he would make us chant, "We love tackling and we love defending." And, and in a game, us as a team of players, we love defending. My favourite, now I, I miss playing rugby at the moment. The bit I miss about playing rugby is tackling, right? Which is not normal. Um, you should enjoy scoring the tries and doing other bits because he marketed to us. And I, and I think, um, you know, back to that state that you're saying there in, in terms of taking your foot off the gas, um, it's back to that um, comfort zone, isn't it? That, yeah. that getting you know, comfy. And I think, you know, I, I go back to my caveman um, thing at the minute. I'm, I'm doing this intimate fasting at the moment. Um, I'm back into that. I don't know if you've heard of it. Mm. Um, 
And that, They're not done yet. Every time I've been fit and I've had a bit of weight off me, um, you know, I've had a six-pack once in my life, it was doing this. And what's interesting is, it's only simple. You don't eat till 12 o'clock at the day. You train in the morning on it, and then you eat between 12 and 8, right? Most people, that's mental. But you think about it, the, the, the psychology, which I'm buying into at the minute, and I've, I've done it before, is when we're cavemen, we get up and we're hungry, we have to go out and hunt, don't we? Um and yeah. for me, I feel like now I've got over it, you know, and I'm not having as much sugar and I've got all the sugar out of my system at the moment. Um, first month was a bit tough, but now I'm feeling like alive. I've got energy to, energy to burn. So it is interesting, um, you know, out there, all the crap we do consume, isn't it? all the stuff. Um, and what do you say that, Paul? Well, I, I think Leon is feeling better because he's hammering me at the sprints at six o'clock in the morning. Oh, well, you're there as well, though. That's, that's oh, yeah, yeah. I mean... Um, I enjoy um, being fitter. I enjoy going to the gym now. Uh, I've lost four stone in a year, and but I struggle with being consistent. Um, I've got to, I've got to be consistent. Where I'll do something for a month and take my foot off the gas. Um, I need to be more consistent um, through eating, ex- exercise. I think I'm there. I absolutely love exercise. It's a machine. It's an absolute machine. Honestly, what's your thing? Is it running? Are you into running? Uh, I play squash, play football, oh, do, a bit, yeah, do a bit of running, yeah. Uh, I did. I ran a marathon once, but it's a typical me thing. I said, I'll do it once and never again. I've just, I've just signed up to the whole one, so I don't think it's a good oh, idea. Yeah, but that's I'm, next September. Is yeah, because ah, plenty of time. Paul, Paul's friends is always hammering me to get out running. I'm like, Paul, you, you've done Ironman, you've done all these bits, so... I decided to have one of them throwaway comments when we was watching him, cheering him come past the finish line with regards to the ankle. We should go out and do that with him. And everyone said yes, so that's what we're doing. Um, and, and you will. <laughs> you will, yep. will you? Because how you do... Anything is how we do everything. Yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it. And um, yeah. that's life, isn't it, I think. Um, but that links real nicely, though. Um, what is a qu- favourite quote, quote or saying you have? Um, you know, some, if you could tell the world, you would do, you know? Um if I could, if I could tell the world anything, do you know yeah. about it? You it's quite great. I've never thought of this. Now we're asking the mark here. You know, it's, he does this for a living. Um, so he want to know his own. He's, he What's mine, right? So I've had a lot of relevant conversations to this recently. And if I could tell the world one thing, and if I thought they were going to listen to me, it's this: don't be a dickhead. Right? <laughs> Love that. And it's as you said it earlier earlier on, because if we can just stop being dickheads at whichever level of that we can make that's how we can make a difference. Being a dickhead to other people, to the other, because they see me different to us. I don't want to get into politics on it and stuff like that, but we've seen a lot of like divisive things as well. Being a dickhead to yourself, being a dickhead to your loved ones. And it's all about just being that best version of yourself, really. So I I mean it came up today in a conversation about uh, we talk about um how we can attract more men into feminism, basically, and and, and what what is a man's role within feminism? Educate me on that. We, we need to let's go, let's roll that. What is that? Well, I d- I've done a whole podcast on it today, so oh, I'll have like to give you a, 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 a succinct yeah. version on there as well. So, so, it, so That's if, a topic, you, isn't it? if we start with kind of what feminism is, which is really around about equality of gender. Okay, so that, that's all it is. So, a feminist believes that a man and a woman should have equal rights. When you strip, when you actually strip it back down to it, that's quite hard to, to disagree with unless you are truly deeply sexist which some people are but they are the minority the problem i think that that feminism faces is, is actually a marketing and branding issue in that it's been hijacked so um it, it's been through social media and so it's been made to to, to, to mean different things and 
what we came up with today with this discussion, I'm not saying we're like the authority on it or anything like that, but we said that really probably men's role within this is, is about ca calling each other out when what we say or what we do doesn't meet those those expectations of what a reasonable human being should be. So, um, I mean, I challenged, uh, it's a long story, but I'll cut it very short. So I, I saw some people I've not seen for a few years. And I, and I said, we've been, I said, bloody hell, I've been here two minutes. I said, and you've been sexist and you've been homophobic like that. And they were going, yeah, that's what good for you. And it's just like, what are you going to do? Burn your bra next, John, and stuff like that. And it was like, well, hang on a minute. And, I, and, and the price to me was losing a bit of social face by not being as laddie as the lads were at the time. But, but what they were saying was in front of other people. But I know they were joking, but it was offensive to those other people. So, so my role was in that was to was to call them out. So, there's a lot. As I said there's a lot more to it than, than that. But if we truly believe in inequality, um, everybody has a part to, to play within that. Yeah, I, I love oh, that. Yeah. I think bit you mentioned there is. You know, I believe in radical honesty. It's a, I think, but the, the problem I have, and that you might be able to shed some light because you work with some big organisations, um, and. There's all this, you know, PC and and what we should do and and, and back to your point, you know, we should be down. I believe we all make mistakes and everyone deserves a second chance. And, and sometimes we say things without really meaning it. And, yeah. and and some of that's an education piece. It's our background. And I I, I had a, uh, I had one of them moments where I called some out and I, I get called out all the time. But someone in, in, where we was working in a, in, a, in a social area had, had said a comment that I found was I thought was quite quite racist to be honest. Um, and it, it it was I just didn't think it was acceptable in this conversation. Um, I felt uncomfortable. Um, the two people it was it was between I could see there was uncomfort there. Um, but more than that, I'm stood there listening to this and I thought I don't want to listen to this. Um, and I've also had to think well, I've got my staff around here. I don't want them to be part of this. So I, I, I come into the building and I, and I spoke to the staff. And I've just I've, I've just listened to this this comment. I didn't say where it was from. And. I'm just trying to make sure my chimps just not out. I'm not being. I'm not preaching here, but I really don't. I've, I really don't like that comment. Um, what's everyone's thoughts? Um, and everyone's like, "That's disgusting." So I didn't tell them. So I, I went and found this 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 person. I won't say didn't mention any names. Took him into a side room and just said, "Look, I've just heard you say this, um, and I just appreciate if you have a think about that because you're probably a really nice guy." Um, I just don't think that you've done yourself justice with that comment. Um, now, that ensued a painful conversation for them to have, and, and obviously me backwards, but I think we need to do more of that, and likewise, even if I say something, but that chap at that time was very upset by that, um, which I understand, because <laughs> we, we get back to these statements, you know, I'm saying, I, I class it as a racist comment, I, I didn't want that officially done or anything like that, I just wanted to give that guy feedback, because he probably is a lovely guy, um, and it didn't do him justice, and I think as all of us, we all need to be held accountable. I've done things in the past where I, you know, I haven't thought and I've been manly. You know, I've, I've, I've been in trouble with the police. And all different things where I've been a dickhead. Um, but how do we tackle, you know, you know, you know, ta tackle not being a dickhead, but then not not buddy, you know, going back and berating someone when they are a dickhead. You know. Well, it sounds like the way you handled that situation, in mm. my opinion, was entirely appropriate. Um, and you've you've explained that, and you've not belittled him, and you've not done it in a way to elevate your position in front of other people as like. You've come I've, in well here I've, just, I've just shared that on a podcast. No, but I think it was, yeah, but it was in, it was entirely within in context uh, to, to do so. I think yeah, people are always going to respond to it in different ways. It's a very difficult thing not to do without patronising people, and I do wonder if it 
it comes with maturity as well. And um, it's interesting. I think he had, if teenage me could hear me speak now, <laughs> he'd be like, oh. Me, me too. Yeah, yeah. And, and, I, and it's funny, actually, because I think that actually a part of why I am so passionate about many of these things is, to be honest, it's quite a bit of shame from attitudes I've held in the past. Uh, things I've said before. Now I have to say all of this. I do also make jokes that are absolutely inappropriate at times, but and and I know I'm being ironic with it because I'm adopting the view, and people who know me well will know. That, well, he doesn't really think that, but I have to follow it up and go. By the way, just so we're clear, that's not what I really think about it as well. Like that as well. So I sound like it's like I'm not saying also you can make any joke you want so long as you say it. that was just a joke at the end. Of it. I know it doesn't work like that way as well. So I'm by no means uh, perfect on it. It's it, but there's a difference between that and somebody's fundamental belief or action that could hurt other people. And it's about how we how we channel that. And it's not just about feminism. I think it goes uh, beyond that. But just not being a dickhead, yeah. And I think that that's that's the best that we could we could aim. And, and but you know, we're, we're all sat in different you know beliefs. We talk about master in the man club and all different areas and different beliefs. And you know, um, but that's that point. You know, depending on how you raised, you know, it was socially acceptable in terms. No different. No, 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 I look at it the other way in terms of beliefs because I'm big on beliefs. Um, questioning why I believe what I do believe. Um, you know, it's a bit like being a. I'm a massive um, black and white. What are you red and white, black and white? Well, I'm, I'm, got I'm black and amber. Black so and amber. Yeah. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> I was raised in the red. I was raised red and white, but I've married black and white. Oh right, okay. So yeah, he, yeah. he knows. He knows where his bread's buttered. I always yeah. Yeah, yeah, I get, <laughs> it, I get <laughs> it. And and interestingly, I, I always look at beliefs like that really, um, and it's no different. And, and I think we're, we're lucky in rugby because rugby are not so fanatical where they hate people, which is quite lucky. Um, you can actually go and have a beer with the other supporters and they, and they don't um, stone you. Yeah, um, we have but, done. But what would you say, Paul, in terms of beliefs? And, and, and how do we how do we change opinions on that? Because, you know, we're, we're doing I that with mental health, changing it, but it's a bigger big, bigger thing, isn't it? It's massive. Um, changing people's perception of mental health is one thing that we're trying to do, getting rid of the stigma. And I'm probably guilty before Andy's Man Club. Uh, we say non-judgmental um, as people come through the door. I've been judgmental of people. And then when I get to know them, my opinion of that person has totally changed 100%. And I think over the last two years, I don't judge anybody until I know them. But before that, I probably did. Mm. And that's just Paul Longley. Mm. There's, there's thousands, obviously, there's thousands of people who are judgmental. And us at AMC, anybody can come forward with that done. They won't be judged. And it makes it for a very nice place. And that, that could be for anywhere, couldn't it? If everybody can just get on and everybody can just be nice to each other and not be a dickhead, um, the world would be such a better place. And... We try and spread a little bit of good, don't we? Yeah, so what's your, what's your linking back then? Um, how do we fix um, ourselves from being dickheads um, and stop and tell other people, look, you've been a dick, but without being a dick ourselves? I think firstly, we need to be clear about what our boundaries are because if somebody believes something different to you, it doesn't mean that you can call dickhead on them and go, oh, you're wrong because you think this. I mean, it's, it's, that's the difficulty of it as well. I think it's just about whether or not anything that you say or do, whether that has a positive intention or a negative intention. So the classic example to me would be around bullying. And there's all kind of, re I, I, I would have done stuff that was bullying, right? I didn't, but I did that through from a position of 
ignorance. Not really the things that, as you say, things growing up that we just wouldn't dream of doing yeah. of, of doing now as well. So that little reminder of don't be just think it through. Wh- why are you doing this? But you're trying to make yourself look. look you're trying to get a cheap laugh in front of your mates to make yourself feel great for two seconds. But actually, what does the Im- the, the, the greater negative impact on that person? And that gets played out in so many other times. Now we have. Um, well, some people don't believe that evil people exist, but we have sociopaths and we have psychopaths and we have people who really do see the world from from very different perspectives where I'm not sure what difference we can make there. But at the heart of it, most of us are reasonable people and yes, we've been brought up and yes, we've been conditioned in any way, but that doesn't mean that we should have a fixed mindset. And you say about mental health, I mean, that the that, is so, that has made so much progress over the past few years in terms of awareness. And I, I've worked on Time to Change and things like that historically as well. And the conversations and organisations like um, Andy's Mind Club are just, it's, it's fantastic. We're having that kind of conversation. But we're working on something that is a widely accepted um, belief that we should be more uh, accepting, understanding, supportive when it comes to mental health problems. So that's happened, and I think that's it. It's, it's the next thing. It's those more controversial issues, I suppose, um, where we can't, we don't have the right to call dickhead on somebody else's behaviour. But ultimately, saying that don't be a dickhead is quite a negative sentiment but it's, it's catchier than saying be the best version of yourself but that's really what we're no, saying no but I, it was interesting I was talking um, Paul Spence a good friend of Paul Spence and um, obviously he's he, 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 the rest of the piggies wrestling is he's got a, a brain injury um, mm. and I came up with this idea and it's quite funny actually I'm, I'm sat across talking to you uh, uh, in, in your, your role so he gets really upset when he sees people riding bikes without helmets mm. on um, because he's he he works every day to have brain health, right? And um, I I came up with a, a slogan, but it is it is very male orientated, obviously. Um, it was just a joke, but I thought it'd be great. He's like, um, don't be a helmet. Um, I just thought it was a great marketing slogan, you know. Um, make sure you've got your you know, don't be an helmet. Um, and call people out. Um, because the word helmet has a has a negative connotation. Basically, I'm saying don't be a dick, I. But um. I think sometimes I think that's a real good example of a, of a of a belief when we don't think it through. We just get a bit mind led. We got complacent, and we do do that, don't we? You know, I, I had this the other week with the children. We was at the at the caravan having a weekend on, off off grid, and um, we're only riding the bike. They're only riding the bikes to the clubhouse. My daughter's eight. She's fantastic on a bike. We go everywhere, and we go out and about on it. And and she just didn't have her helmet on, and she had it a few times. Um, and she fell off a bike um, in front of me. A really bad that she tried to get up again. Absolutely just told it. And luckily, her head was hit her shoulder the way she fell. And it was in that moment after speaking to Paul, I was like, oh my God. Mm. We had this big conversation about you know changing that. And the sometimes we just don't, f- we get mind led, don't we? It's complacency, it's thingy. And it, and it, I think it is a constant, um, not a battle, I don't like the word battle, but I think um, just being mindful to sort of check in and, and look after ourselves because we, we we live in a fast-paced world, don't we? And um, it's just trying to unplug, slow down and, and, and look after ourselves and um, go on there. But this links in very nicely, doesn't it, Paul, to this next question? Yep. In the last five years, what new habit or belief has had the most profound effect on your life? I think, I think for me was realizing that I could do something useful in the mornings. 
So you, I mean, I haven't quite got to the level of six o'clock in the morning runs, but I used to get up and sort the kids out and watch a bit of breakfast news and then rosy around and then go. And it was like, then I'd be still half asleep by the time I got to work or whatever. But actually getting up and doing a job, and I'll go for a run or go to the gym or something like that, and it does, it does set me up for the rest of the day. And some people think the idea of getting up, particularly it's so dark. Um, I hate it, but it's, it just, you actually feel better. The clocks have changed now, so it's not so bad. Um, but but yeah, once you get once that becomes habit, you miss it when you don't do it. And I think that, that's one of the best things I've done. I I always say because people say you get up at godly hour to go running, go, do whatever. I just think it gives me the head start over everybody else who don't want to get up. Yeah, and that's what I think. Paul, more and more of us are doing it now. So there's no <laughs> yeah, the, the cat's out the bag, Paul. You yeah, can have to get up even earlier. Even earlier. Yeah. I will. Um, if you fancy some sprints, we're often um, seen sprinting down Raleigh Way that way. Um, yeah, nice, nice and early. Um, like this one. Um, knowing what you know now, what advice would you give yourself or others at 18? And what advice should they ignore? Hmm. I want you to don't be a dickhead. Again. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, well, for, for for me at eighteen, I would I would love to go back and tell me to get off my lazy ass and do do more because I was so I was such a lazy person up until the age of about twenty three, and I don't just mean physically lazy. I mean I was. I mean I was. We talk about weight and stuff like that. I mean I was about well, I was about eighteen stone um, till I was about that, that point. But I just missed, I went to uni because it was the easy thing to do. But when I went to uni, I didn't get involved in any of the societies or anything like that. I just, I wish I'd done more, more, more with it. Um, I mean, I'm making up for lost time now. I just have too many hobbies and things at the moment. But but yeah, I, I, I was lacking that get up and go. And it wasn't really until losing my job, actually. My parents had emigrated as well. And it's like, I'd just bought a house and it was like, shit got real at that point as well so I had to had to do that and it was a bit like another renaissance so I think it's just make the most of that energy and opportunity to get involved in stuff when while you're young what advice do we would, what was it what what advice we give to yourself at 18 that I would ignore that I would yeah, recommend, yeah, ignoring. Is it, is that recommend ignoring oh yeah it's just about oh the structures that people put in you at, at 18 you have to do this and then you go and get this job and, and, and just like listening to other people just follow just follow your gut and you know what? If you get it wrong, it don't matter because you've got plenty of years to sort it out. Nobody has a 40-year career. Well, you know this, recently. you don't have that one job until you retire and then you get your whatever it is, your watch, whatever they say. Oh, I've got the watch. Got, uh, you got, well, you've got, got, you got, got, got the watch. Oh, well, that's good as well. No, I just think that just don't, just, just don't worry about it. Just, you, just make some choices and, and accept that um, when it comes to planning the rest of your life, that might not be not right, the right choice. Right, this is my favourite one. We're, we all at times feel bent out, unfocused, unenergized, overwhelmed, and what do you do? If helpful, what questions do you ask yourself? Hmm. So when I'm in a rut? Um, when Orin, you're wrestling a pig. Yeah. Um, I think some what's interesting uh, with pig wrestling, I, I, I really like the idea of reframing the problem because... You get so fixated on this is what's this is what's bothering me, and I think this is what I'm frightened of happening, and so on like that. And actually looking at it from from different angles, I've always found is is really um, really important. But the self talk I give to myself, and I do, is something I struggle with a real lot, um, ups and downs like like crazy. But when it's a down, I have to remind myself this is just a temporary feeling. 
And actually, in an hour, even in an hour, I might have a different attitude to it. And nothing's changed. Just some chemicals in my head or just the way I out have an outlook of the world. And I found that really useful to the point where I'll actually make fun of myself now when I'm in a, when I'm in a right ass because it's just like, it's just ridiculous. It's wasted energy, but it will it will get better. I love it. I love that one. I love it. And um, I like this one. I'm Hook. glad you don't have any questions that you don't like. You're not prefaced it with going no, no, some, some you like all your questions. Like you choose them. them. You should yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. The, the problem is, though, there was, there was like a list. And it was more like, when we first started, didn't we, Paul? It was more like an interrogation. I don't know whether it's, <laughs> we like the questions. We like the answers, we? like we? the answers yeah. to the questions. Yeah, exactly, That's yeah. It. But, oh, right. but, but interestingly, depending on what guests we get on, I can I sort of like get more excited about, about different types of questions, you see. Mm. Um, because I think... We, we never know where they're going to go, do we? Um, who in the world would you like to interview, past or present, and why? Um, it's quite interesting with you saying that, you know, just before, before we get on to that question, actually, just tell us more um, about getting involved in this British podcast thing. All oh, right. Because yeah, um, that might have been that one. Yeah, you know, but, we'll, <laughs> but we can, you can roll this. Yeah. I'm, I'm intrigued. So. Um, so we've we've decided to start a northern podcast festival and hold it in our home city next year. <laughs> now people can take into that that we've been through some kind of bidding process, but the fact of the matter is that the Northern Podcast Festival didn't exist until I created it. <laughs> I love it. Um, and with the help of some other local podcasters, we've it, w we've got a, a good team of people who are involved in making it happen. Which, which is I mean, I started the comedy festival in Hull on a whim. I was just walking through this, and someone said, "Oh, there isn't much in the evening economy." And I went. Why don't we do a comedy festival? And then so someone said, oh, yeah, let's have a meeting about that. And within a week, we'd publicly announced that we were doing it as well. So, yeah, I'm a starter. -er. I don't mind starting these things. And the pod podcasting is a, a passion of mine. And, uh, and it goes hand in hand with the exercise as well. So it's just always... Who do you listen to out, out of interest? Um, well, what your there's, favorite ones? There's, there's, there's one. Some episodes are stronger than others. Cop pig wrestling. This is a strong one this week, isn't it? It's a strong one this week. Um, I listen to a lot. I listen to business ones um so, so somebody put me on to a guy called rob moore who i think i quite like him i like rob moore. There, yeah. Yeah, yeah i couldn't understand why people wouldn't um i love without fail my favorite podcast i like a lot of the gimlet ones my favorite one is called heavyweight and what he's about the the reporter goes back to it ties in with your question actually it, it, they, they go back into um moments of people's life that that's left unresolved it's quite funny, but it'll be like somebody that they haven't seen for 40, 50 years or whatever, or don't understand quite why something happened to them. And then they go like, do an investigative journalist. And it's just about trying to give that person some kind of closure on that issue as well. I really like that one. I like that one. We'll check that out. Yeah, heavyweight. Yeah. So, so linking back into this, so because um, we won't be able to get you, you, were, you were guest lined up, might we, for the, um, the, pod, you know, the Northern mm. podcast. So who in the world um, would you like to interview, past or present, and why? So obviously um, you won't be able to interview anyone past on the, on the podcast unless we're doing a sales. No, but no. <laughs> um, no, and, and having, having listened to, to your podcast before, I knew you were going to ask me this question. And actually, the uh, it's a bit of a different tone, in a sense, to the conversation we have been having. If I could go back and interview somebody... I would interview my my brother, who's who's no longer with us. Um, he passed away a couple of years ago, and having spent a lot of time with him in his in his final, he couldn't speak, and it was just like it was just that one way conversations that that we we all have with those things. And I just like to give him give him that opportunity, and and just to know whether he he understood the things that I was telling him about how important he was to me, and just to give him a real say on kind of what went on. 
and why it went on. And I, th- and I think I've, I don't want to kind of go into too much detail um, to kind of distress other people who might be listening to this, but I've always felt that with him, there was an issue of, do you know, I was talking about Ikigai earlier on. Just yeah. He never really found his purpose. And I just, I just love to, I just love to just have a really frank conversation about him and his life and, and kind of what made him the person he was and, he probably had a lot of regrets, and he probably had a lot of things that he'd, he'd want to do differently. But I don't know that. I would love to. I'd love to spend that time with him, where not having a, a one-way conversation as we did in the final days, and, and give him that opportunity. I know you can't set that up for me. It doesn't work like that as well. But but I thought I I, really, I try. I knew you'd ask me that question. And I thought, hey, I could pick a celebrity or somebody historically. But no, that would mean a real lot to me. And it was interesting because. Um, you were mentioning that only earlier today, weren't you, Paul? And I was mentioning that, you know, my dad. Um, I lost my dad, you know, um, quite suddenly um, five years ago. And, and he'd be my guy who I'd pick yeah. every day of the week. And I think you mentioned that again today, didn't you? On my podcast, um, I picked my father and he's mm. been dead 15 years today. Right. So if I could interview one person, I'd love to have one more chat with my dad. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. So we all we, we all know, and I, th- I think I think I think for me, what uh, it's interesting us three share that same common um, yeah, value there. I think it just for me, it just highlights how precious life is, and it just drives mm-hmm. me to make sure that you know when we talk about being honest and and, mm-hmm. and how we sort um, you know don't be a dickhead. Let's go back to that, that common theme of the, of this show. Um, <laughs> I think we've got to do that. Haven't we we've got to, we're not on this planet um, that that long, so I think we've got mm. we've got to be honest, haven't we? Um, and if we ain't got that, we ain't got nothing else. And um, I think to, it's been. I'm just checking. We've been going an hour already. Um, we absolutely smashed through this, haven't we? Gone. Yeah. Um, but I think just to sort of wrap up, cause it's been an immense um, podcast. I, I knew it would be um, with you. Uh, and thank you for coming on. Um, no, thank you for having me. I mean. Is there anything, final question, you can jump on this. Is there anything that we should have asked you but didn't? See, this is the one question I cannot prepare for because I didn't know what you were going to ask me um, <laughs> as well. No, I, I, I suppose, um, oh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's just anything that's coming up as well. You've mentioned the, the, the podcast festival. That would be... That would so be what, do we need, what do we need to promote that? Because we've already ordered some bales of hair. Um, we've yeah. got a pig pen, haven't we? Awesome. Um, we're gonna. I think we should get. I want a live pig. We'll get a live pig. We need a live pig, well, we'll so we can sort that out, can't we? I'm sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. We have to be kind to it. Though. Yeah. We we'll yeah. l- we'll love the pig. Um, uh, to be honest, it's always it's always always asked my, my missus. Oh, she wants. A, she's always wanted a micro pig. Um, but I've just got this fear that we'll get. It won't be a micro pig. It'll grow um, to about six foot. Six foot, and b- me being the way I am, I love it, and it'll end up coming to the office. And I don't think Freya at the depot impre- be impressed that I've got a pig. <laughs> and, and I just think I just see it going off on one. But I think th- that's where we could go. But what other bits have we got? Anything else we've got to promote? Anything else you're up to? Yeah. We're up, to, we're up to, s- to so much stuff. We've got a lot of um, films coming out in in the new year as well. We're doing a lot of work, as, as mentioned in the intro about. We've been working with a lot of survivors who've been groomed and exploited by criminal gangs, and it's about turning their experiences into into short films, which can just shine a light on that, so that young people can understand how it works and how they can look out for their friends and so on like that. So there's yeah, there's a there's a heck of a lot of stuff going on. And how can people find out more about you and 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 you know where where, where can we go? And well, online? just just ask Paul. I mean, he knows it all. He's been digging around. Yeah, if you have a word with me, I'll just let you know where we can find yeah. out anything about John. Yeah. Loved it. So, uh, Loved yeah, it this just week. Just asking. Loved it. So that's Leon checking out. Paul checking out. It's John checking out. Thanks, John. <laughs>